Today, we are wrapping up Cycle 4 with a bang. We are joined by the hilarious Daniel Webb. Daniel and I recap the final episode of Cycle 4 of Top Model, and he really is reading these girls down. Daniel tells us about his first experience watching Top Model, and we also chat about the iconic CoverGirl shoot. I talk about Madrigals interfering with my Top Model obsession, again, and Daniel tells us about his history-making comedy special. You aren't going to want to miss this one. Stay tuned. Forever. Are top model fans born or made? Hey, I'm Shay Coulee, and welcome to Wanna Be On Top, a podcast where I explore the cultural phenomenon that launched a thousand smizes. As always, I'm joined by insatiable power bottom and top model expert Maxwell Esposito. Hey, Queen, how's it going? I am doing so well. You know, I'm just gearing up for the holidays. It's that time of year. I'm thinking about like autumnal pastries and treats and things. How are you? You're living your homeowner fantasy. Yes, um, I'm actually uh, currently getting my cabinets redone so that I am in my closet in my bedroom because uh, the painter um, is enjoying uh, some Euro pop while they paint. And I really did not want to tell them to uh, turn it off while we recorded. So I was like, let me just go and get in this little closet moment. But I am also enjoying my, my fall. I've been... You know, our listeners don't see this, but, you know, in our text messages and our group chats, I've really been seeing all the autumnal treats that you have been um, seeing popping around and such forth and such as. But I am so ready to wrap up cycle four of America's Next Top Model. Like, how is it that we have already gotten here? I feel like uh, it, it's it's just so wild that we are already at the end of cycle four, I feel like we literally just started. I know these cycles really blow by so fast. <laughs> we cover so much information in such a quick amount of time with these guests too. I mean, it's a very large season and I think the way we piece it together is really beautiful. But when we get to the finale, sometimes I'm just like, damn, damn, this cycle yeah. is wild. And this cycle definitely left us like with some very cringeworthy moments. Um, you know, we've chatted about this being a very important part in Top Model franchise. A total of six million people tuned in to watch the finale episode of this cycle. And wow. which we obviously know it was not. I mean, I wish it could have been me. You. I wish it could have been me. But, you know, I had a previous engagement that prevented me from watching it live. But we'll get into that again a little I'm bit I'm over later. it. No, I'm over it. Okay. It's, it's fine. Okay, fine. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not hanging on to it. Okay, okay, great. Me, me neither. Um, you know, this at this point in the franchise, we've definitely got a formula for how these finales need to go. We get the cover girl ad, we get the runway show, we get the final critique. And I, you know, I know that you had to rush home from Madrigals back in the past, but I want to know like what it felt like watching this episode whenever you did get to watch it. I am so fortunate that at this time we had a TiVo because uh, I was able. <laughs> like, no, I was, like we had just got 
the TiVo. And um and like and first of all, the TiVo was just in my parents' room, like because my dad was basically when I say we got a TiVo, my dad got a TiVo. And I like now thinking back on it, I appreciate so much what a great father he was because he totally allowed me to record that top model episode on the TiVo so that I could watch it after that Madrigal's concert. And that's very nice of him because back in the day, those TiVos did not get to record many channels. So nope. that came mm-hmm. on at prime time. So there might have been prime like a basketball time. game, something sports that related that dads like to watch. And he was like, yes. no, you can record cycle four. You can record this. That's beautiful. Can you say, can you say legendary? See, well, and and that's the thing, too. I think the reason why I was able to get away with that is because they had it in their bedroom versus the big screen downstairs. So during that prime time, he was able to watch, you know, whatever sports thing. You know, I'm, I'm sh- I, this was spring, so I'm going to say baseball. I'm, I'm going to say baseball. I'm just giggling because, you know, for our <laughs> listeners that don't know, uh, we share a cable login, um, Shay and I, and um, it may or may not be my aunt's cable login, and she does not know that I've given it to my friend. So she will text me sometimes and be like, because you can only have two people on, and she'll be like, why can't I get in? And I have yet to tell her that other people have the login, so... Dan. I love that you have not told Ann Sandy yet. You just told all of our listeners. Well, I just I know that Sandy doesn't have time to support all of my creative endeavors, so we she won't be listening to this either. So, um, but that's okay. Um, we have a lot. We still got that login. Yes, and we're still going to get to watch the Real Housewives in real time. Um, how do yes. you feel about the top three we have right now? Um, I think that this is a really solid top three. The contestants have all had um, really dynamic journeys. You know, you've seen Kaylin, who has kind of gone through this metamorphosis from being this really awkward uh, Southern Oklahoma girl who was just so green when it came to modeling to this fierce runway Walker and someone who consistently delivered good pictures. You have Naima, who had just really just like this beautiful journey throughout the competition and just got stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. And then you have Kenya, who has this unbreakable tenacity about her, even though one of her storylines is her uh, shift in weight. Uh, she still never allowed those critiques about her body to affect her and like really did push through and give her best there until the very end. And here we are at the very end. That was beautiful. That is a great way to put it. I think this top three is definitely one of the best top three they have. This cycle definitely delivered. Um, Do you have any like favorite moments from this cycle? I know we've talked about some pretty crucial points in this cycle um gosh there's so many i mean we obviously have the iconic be quiet tiffany we have rebecca passing out at panel we have um michelle's uh 
Infantigo, wow. Breakout. Yeah. Like this season really delivered just like, just like, I mean, just, uh, th- th- there are just so many iconic, iconic things that happen in this one season alone. Like it's uh, <laughs> the seven deadly sin shoot. I still cannot unshake what Michael Henry planted in our head about how he was like, we were literally speechless when he said that he was like, well, didn't they send two people home the week before? And then the next day was the seven deadly sins and they could have been holding the voicemail. Oh my gosh. I know that was so wild. I, it will haunt me in my sleep. We'll have to see if that plays an effect into future. Um, mm-hmm. future. We'll be watching with a more critical eye. I, I mean, doing this show has definitely helped me watch reality TV in a much different perspective. So um, mm-hmm. what about this runway show? The walking through water thing? Did it change your little gay life or what? Oh, my God. It absolutely was like just a full like rebirth moment. And I just still like if there was ever 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 an opportunity for me to walk a runway similar that was like in water uh my it would just be a full circle moment for my little gay heart like you you wouldn't be able to tell me that i was not the fiercest bitch up on that runway have you you've never done like a pool party with those like clear um stages over the pool Hell no. I don't think... It, Those are slippery boots. I know. I When you were telling the walking on water story, all I could think about is that video of Demi Lovato falling on their face and hitting um during their Cool for the Summer tour. There's... I'll have to find it. Maybe it's not Demi no. Lovato and somebody that oh looks my like gosh. her that people troll them online for being, but like... Yes. That it looks like them, but there is a video of a... Demi Lovato-esque character slipping and falling and smashing their oh face. On. That is not funny. We don't laugh at there, people. No. Are, but, but I will find it for you and I will definitely, definitely send it to you. But I, in the spirit of honesty, I do laugh at people getting hurt. I, um, I follow an Instagram called Kids Getting Hurt. Um, I follow another one called Morons Doing Things and like watch fail videos all the time. It's like as long as like nobody like broke anything, like it's funny to me. Not kids getting hurt. That's honestly, I'm gonna start sending you some kids getting hurt content because like it gets submitted by their parents, so you know that they were fine. I yes. <laughs> it's hilarious to okay. me. If it's submitted by their parents, I'm less upset, but yeah, that's funny. That's... Like, I was just watching this one um a little bit ago after Halloween, and there was like this little kid dressed up in a bunny outfit, and it's like the mom's just like, "Oh my gosh, her first trick or treat!" And like she walks up to the door, and the lady only notices her brother, and then opens the door and smacks the little girl dead in the face with it. And the mom's caption was, "Her first trick or treat was a hit." <sighs> Now, if she was dressed as Britney Spears from The Baby One More Time, it could have been full circle. (laughs) Okay, well, since we are talking about hits, we really need to get into this hit finale episode of Psycho 4 of Top Model. And look, I just felt like we have been chatting with so many hilarious people this season that we had to bring in none other than funny man Daniel Webb to get his hilarious take on this cycle, runway show, and Tyra. So let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. 
Welcome back. I am excited about today's episode because we will be talking about the cycle for finale. And this runway show delivers like no other. Mm -hmm. After chatting about some rather cringeworthy top model moments, the cycle we had to bring someone on to laugh this about this entire experience. So I am excited to welcome to the show from his comedy special, Hope Parade, live from the Rose Bowl. We have Daniel Webb. Hello. Hi, Daniel. How Hi. are you? I'm good, Shay. How are you? Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh, thanks so much for being here. Thank you. I thought you, you were going to say, to talk about the cringeworthy parts, we brought on someone cringeworthy. Please welcome Daniel. <laughs> Could you imagine? That's actually what I was thinking when I reached out to you, Daniel. I was like, who is the most cringeworthy I know? It's uh, good copy. No, it's great copy. Good yeah, company we're... as well. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, so, Daniel, Maxwell and I have been talking about Cycle 4 of ANTM, and we need to take it back with you, as we do with all of our guests, all mm -hmm. the way back to 2005, when Top Model Cycle 4 was airing. So, you know, let's just paint the scene for all of our mm -hmm. listeners back at home. Where is a young Daniel Webb? What is she watching? What is she wearing? What is she doing? Who is she hanging out with? Uh, young Daniel Webb, still young, thank you very much. But even yes. younger Daniel Webb was, I was living in Austin, Texas. I think I was still pretending to be a vegetarian, even though I was still like eating crab behind everybody's back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we all have that phase. I mean, I don't it, know about you. Yeah, but yeah. I was definitely a sneaky pescatarian at one point. Yeah, I did cheat on Jack in the Box tacos too, because that's not even, I think it's actually tofu. And me. Anyway, who gives a fuck? I was, uh, <laughs> I wasn't out of the closet, but I wasn't in the closet. I was still, I was like fucking guys on the sly and eating pussy on the sly. And I was, oh. but I also think at this time I didn't have TV. Like I was trying to be like off the grid, no internet, no, uh, mm -hmm. no television. And this was right when I got it back. So I was like sex in the city was in syndication and fucking Tyra was on UPN. Uh, <laughs> yes, but yes. I, I was gonna say eating pussy with no tv what a look i had it man i was i played i was in three bands all i got was pussy uh, i know i should start a collection uh but i was wearing <laughs> unfortunately i was wearing it was like austin chic you know like wranglers and like uh pearl snaps lots of pearl snaps Pearl snaps. You know, like um, Western I'm... wear. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Which yes. Pearl snaps should be a king name. That would be a great drag king name. Yeah, I actually really do think that that would be quite fair. So I did have a really cute Pearl snap shirt, just one. Only because it, I, it was like, it was, the like base colors of it were like orange, fuchsia, purple, and yellow. But mm. it was a men's shirt because it like, you know, snapped like, you know, well, right I was, over. I was doing that cute thing of like a uh, young man and old man's clothes. And then, you know, if you wear it yeah. long enough, you become the old man and the old man's clothes. <laughs> you have to be you real. Know what? You, that's like so accurate because I feel like during that time period, I was definitely doing young man and old man's clothes. And now I'm doing um, young man in child's clothes. I'm dressed like the paper boy. Look, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I went to a, I, I worked at a weed farm in Colorado a million years ago and I went to a, a Halloween party at a billionaire's mansion on top of a mountain. Right. 
Uh, long story short, everybody was high on cocaine and ecstasy. But uh, the theme uh, for the party was 70s porn star because all these people were sleazebags. And the uh, the owner, the guy, the host was like 28 years old, right? And a billionaire. So, wow. So everybody younger dressed like flower children from the 60s because they're idiots and didn't know what the 70s were. And then the older people just wore their clothes from the 70s and looked like absolute dead people like they just <laughs> right they looked like Ugh. relics it wasn't Halloween a co- spooky well it wasn't a costume I was like those are just your clothes that's, <laughs> that's so gross I actually um there's like two pieces from the 70s of my dad's that I absolutely had to take one is this um Adidas track jacket that's mm. burgundy and then like this like really kind of like electric sapphire blue. It's just like the colors yeah. combo is like so specifically 70s. Yeah. And then the other one is this like shaft looking leather trench coat that's like slate blue with like baby blue uh, like leather trim around like all the lapels and like the hem. Very cute. Yeah, it's very drag. It's very drag. Love a lapel trim. You know, uh, that would be another great uh, king name. Too. I know. Look at this today. Drag kings <laughs> should just like uh, flip through a garment making book. Like, <laughs> just pick out. I mean, here. Yes. Um, so besides your um, nice snaps, your pearl, what did you call them? Pearlies? Pearl, pearl snaps. Pearl bit. snaps. Yeah. yeah um, like what type of like hairstyle were you rocking at this point? Mm. I feel like 2005, there was some really great um, hair rolling around for a lot of people. And I'm I think interested I, to see what it was like for you. I was growing out. Okay. So the early 2000s was me recovering from like years of having a chili bowl, which takes a long time to like even that out. And so <laughs> emotionally, you know, mentally and follically. Did but, you have one of those, uh, Maxwell? Did you have a chili bowl too? Oh, no. My mother was a hairdresser. She would not let me walk around with a bowl cut. She, oh, said, um... she said, no, ma'am. I think I even asked for one. And she said, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. Like, oh, I'm not God. putting a bowl on your head and cutting it out. I'm like, we should really bring those back. I'm it's, not gonna lie. I really would actually love to see that. I, I'm i just gonna say this now because I feel like I'm amongst friends, but I feel like when I was younger, if there was, if I did have a kink, it would be those chili bowl mm, haircuts. Every little was, boy with like a little chili bowl haircut, I was like, what's up? It was Zach Morris adjacent, if that's your era. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. He sort of had one. He kind of. But he had, had that little feather, little swoop mm-hmm. in the front. You know, he had that little swoop. Yeah. For, uh, you know, I was, I was around his age, so it's not pedophilic to say it now, but at the time I found his hair to be the sexiest thing about him. I just loved Zach Morris's hair. Yeah. It was good. Hot. I know. Now he has horrible hair. But <laughs> Well, that's just age and That's you life. know it's there's it's just not not much not as much of it is there get away but i was in my i think <laughs> i was <laughs> i think at the time of this era of cycle four cycle four daniel was uh i think i was getting into my town's van zant like getting into the long hair era work uh, yeah so it was still very bisexual <laughs> I, I was definitely uh experimenting with uh coloring my hair for the first time yeah um so i had like just like a small like textured afro and so i put like brown and honey highlights in there you know to, to just like warm it up so it's just like a little bit closer to my um complexion it was like a nude 
you know, I, hairstyle. I, I was <laughs> imagining whatever Tyra makeover she gave where she was like, and we're just going to put in little accents and it's going to warm you up. It was very that. It was very she that. Was giving that makeover to, but she was like, this, 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 this. Uh, speaking of Tyra, you mentioned how much you loved Tyra. How, is that why you <laughs> chose watching Top Model? I just think Tyra is one of God's weirdest creations ever. Like, <laughs> do you know that song, Jesus Loves the Little Children? Like, it's mostly about Tyra. Like, I just think she, <laughs> do you know, because she's so, like, she's such an intense person. Do you know what I mean? Like, she, mm-hmm. like, I don't know if y'all, I don't want to, I don't want to drop another show, but if you've watched her on Dancing with the Stars, she's at, like, level 10 intensity. and All the every, time. And everyone else is like level one clown intensity. Like everyone <laughs> is like a buffoon. Like Tyra really needs to be like rescue 911 or, or unsolved mysteries. Like she needs to host that kind of shit because she is like so serious. So I, I love her in this format. And I loved her back then because I hated, I didn't like celebrity and I didn't like music at this time. It was very double denim, Britney, Justin, like it, garish. And, uh, <laughs> but but Tyra like really personifies that like if you, like she's still rocking the Rachel like who is you know, only one person has that hairstyle you know it's like everyone needs their their quintessential iconic haircut you know like Anna that- Wintour has her bob Marcia I has her hair that she's had for a long time do you want to know the tea about Anna Wintour and the bob I met the person who cuts the bob Oh my God, yes, absolutely. Okay, here's the thing. This person got this job because they were in the room when the former person who'd had it for years was fired. And so here's the thing. If she has shit to do that day, she gets her hair done twice, like fluffed or whatever, Mm -hmm. uh, and gets the the bangs, like, evened, like, consistently, right? And Mm -hmm. she sits there wordlessly, uh, Miss Wintour, sits there wordlessly, right? And when you're done, she lowers her glasses and looks and says, I'll be seeing you tomorrow. And she does that every day, right? So the person who's worked there for years is like on pens and needles going through that process every fucking day. So the friend who's telling me this story was standing there on the sidelines being the assistant when Otto went to her, lowers her glasses and says, hmm, I will not be seeing you tomorrow. And that person who'd been cutting her hair every day for years was fire. Wow. Top model facts. Keep them on their toes. But Let I mean, them it's now the, that you, you, fuck got... up, you fuck up once, you fuck up these bangs once and it's over for you. You're out. But who doesn't just put a piece of scotch tape across those sons of bitches and go and then call it a day? Like, <laughs> come on. Come on. Yeah, I, I don't know. Is that from the uh, school of Vidal Sassoon? Is that the, the scotch <laughs> tape technique? If we're looking for, for consistency. <laughs> I, if we're looking for consistency. I love the smell of Vidal Sassoon. <laughs> that's a very specific smell that I, d- I cannot say that I am uh, familiar with that's like fourth grade Daniel for sure yeah I don't know if I've ever stepped foot in a Vidal Sassoon salon in my life um, they were in the mall they were in the mall oh where oh. we live mm-hmm. <laughs> not in my malls <gasps> yeah they were there like they had a Regis salon and then you have a Vidal Sassoon girl we had super cuts mm-hmm. <clears throat> that was for that, that was that was what we were rolling with um okay so let's get into this episode now the top three for cycle four of ANTM are still in South Africa at this moment and we have Kaylin our small town girl from Oklahoma who had no modeling <laughs> experience prior to entering the competition. No, she kid. hadn't even seen Top Model before coming on the show, but 
even though she lacked experience, she killed it on the runway and in front of the camera from the beginning. Next, we have Naima. Naima was a reformed party girl from Detroit. She came into the competition with a quiet and dignified attitude. Her unique look and newfound focus kept her moving through the competition with so much grace. And lastly, we have Kenya, who entered the competition with lots of confidence, but sometimes it came off as a little bit arrogant. One thing the judges constantly talk about is Kenya's weight issue, which we know after talking to her was a reach, but she was determined to become a high fashion model, which kept her in the competition. So at this point, I'm going to start with you, Maxwell. Who are you rooting for to... I was going to say take the crown, but they do not award crowns to take the top model uh, cover girl contract in $100,000. You know, I really thought all three of them I would be really happy with. I know that's such a pageant answer, but as a viewer, I really thought they all (laughs) did such a great job. I thought they all, you know, really did. I think... Um, especially after the episode before going into it, I would say I would be rooting for Kenya and Naima to be my top two. Um, at yeah. that point, just because I don't think Kaylin demonstrated top model-like behavior at the last photo shoot. So Yeah, it was a really weak week for Kaylin last week, especially with the photograph. So how about you, Daniel? They, I hate to say this, they always did... They nailed her on her behavior. Kaylin, I should say. Uh, like her, she is like such a, a weird person when she's not posing. But I'm so consistent in liking the weak person. Like I was so team Alexis Mateo and no one else was. But it's like, <laughs> I love Kaylin. Like she is clunky with a K. And I like she always turns it out on her photos. So I she had my heart. Also, because I'm from Texas and I love any shithead who made it out from that like hemisphere try, <laughs> yeah. trying to make it on, on either coast. Like that person has my heart. Uh, and Naima, like, I don't know, like she's I'm always mad at her hair so that I'm always distracted by it. Like I'm always angry at her hair. Are, are oh. you just angry with the makeover that they gave? Are you angry with just the overall decision that she made to show I, the sides? Well, they, have- they keep telling her to show herself. And I'm like, yeah, she keeps trying to work her personality out through her hair. And so I don't like that. I have a heart for Kenya because they keep calling her fat and she keeps wearing halter tops. (laughs) (laughs) I know she was uh, explaining to us about how they just kept when it came to styling for the photo shoots being like put her in a crop top. Yes. Make sure her midriff. Every scene, except I think the final walk in in this episode is where she's not in a crop top, which I. Yeah. Which. Is mean. And, uh, you know, Janice, I'm sure Janice just loves to call people fat. I'm sure that's like her number one thing. Oh, that's like her favorite pastime is calling people fat. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I mean, she's got the she's got the like voice for it. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Yes. Didn't someone tell us that she would whisper like afterward uh, and be like, I don't mean that you're amazing. I believe that. I totally believe that. Uh, Who was that? Was it Kenya that said that she whispered like she was like. Or, like, you actually did a way better job. Yeah, I honestly don't recall. Um, I believe that because she told Naeem. It was Mercedes. uh, She said. Well, she loved Mercedes. She had a hard on for Mercedes. Like, there there was, she she loved Mercedes, without a doubt. Janice tells Naeem, she says, I thought Mohawks went out in the 90s. While 
Janice has a mohawk. Top <laughs> <laughs> I did clock that as well. So I do believe that she's secretly whispering, I love you, while telling someone to, like, stop eating. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Stop eating. Let's uh, go and get uh, Taco Bell after. Yeah. Um, I, at this point, I was... Mm, I think I was honestly team Naima because I feel like throughout the competition, she had just been really consistent and just was kind of on this trajectory to just do better and better. Um, And yeah, I think I was like team uh, Naima at this point. So, I mean, I feel like we're all... She definitely had a glow up that was very admirable because I think... Like, because Kaylin was definitely that uh, uh, Shandy storyline of Walgreens turned supermodel. Mm -hmm. Well, she also, she fits the pipeline of, like, if she doesn't make it at this, she'll make a great housewife. Like, real housewife. Do you know what I mean? Like, she just needs, like, a a glam squad and a really good fight induced by a wine tasting. And she'll be season three. Well, you know, she's a a bar owner in Brooklyn now. Oh, perfect. Or that. Or she can build a steampunk room for people to get drunk <laughs> Great. Great. She's like, I got sleeves now. Like, don't fuck with <laughs> She, I loved her because she had very Oklahoma teeth. And that was not anything that stopped her from being a model. What would you say classifies Oklahoma teeth? Is it the size, the shape, the color? There's it, and I'm one who can speak with Texas teeth, but there's inconsistency in that. <laughs> that that didn't prevent her from from reaching success. That sounds like Erica Jane's stories uh, <laughs> in this past season of Housewives. <laughs> I mean, it's not this. I know that's not what this podcast is about, but did y'all see the season finale? Oh we, my we, gosh, we love a Housewives derailment, and yes, of okay, great. Because the more she cries and gets that crazy look in her eye, the more you can see the weird chin line that is like surgically enhanced. Like it was not flattering. I know you gotta not clinch the jaw. You know, um, certain people. I like you know my therapist has always been like, hey, you whenever you're feeling anxiety, there's normally like a physical manifestation of it. So just like be aware of that. Uh, Erica's is definitely in her jaw. She's a jaw clincher. Yeah, but it, like she—that was the one time you could see. I was like, "Oh, she's fifty in her jaw. Everything else, she's she's fine." I know some of these some of these um, extreme close-ups that we were getting on the women. You were like, "Wow!" But they, they do were that. Shady. They were doing that on purpose. They did it a lot to Kyle Richards too. They did a I lot. I was just about to say. I was like, they were coming for Kyle's neck, literally. <laughs> Like, the, literally. My favorite thing they did this season to Kyle Richards was every time she did a and did, like, a weird look gulp of something. <laughs> it happened, like, five times in one episode. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> she is thirsty. She's the thirsty one. Sorry, but that's what that was my take. You know what? And honestly, th- those were a lot of lessons that I feel like they could have benefited from if they had just listened to Tyra. <laughs> about tension, <laughs> extension, they would have been perched for that whole entire reunion. I don't think any of them were giving um, top three top model behavior. All roads go back to Tyra. Tyra Tippett. Absolutely. Tippet. So, okay. <laughs> After a quick check in from Tyra, the girls get some Tyra mail and it reads Tomorrow is double jeopardy. You will need to draw on everything you've learned to get through the day. It's going to be difficult. So, duck for cover at 6.45 a.m. 
The girls go and they meet Mr. J for what they think is a runway show, but actually is a CoverGirl commercial for CoverGirl Outlast makeup. The models find out that they will be shooting a commercial and doing their CoverGirl ads. The models aren't necessarily the strongest actresses, so this challenge has the girls (laughs) going through it. The girls are asked to walk the runway act through some chaos backstage and do the CoverGirl beauty shot during the commercial. So let's get into this. First up, we have Naima. Um, during the shoot, Naima was pretty calm and uh, I felt like she worked through it to get the lines done. How do you feel, Daniel? She, like, across the board, Naima has, like, the attitude to be, like, a model, like, a working model. You see her mm-hmm. on set. Like, she's very focused. I think she takes uh, feedback very well, even mm-hmm. though the direction that they're given is aimless and bitchy. <laughs> they're like, do this and not like that. I'm like, that's not direction. Like, give, <laughs> yeah. her, give her something to actually do. But she, I felt like, uh, like, I still can't, like, her photo shoot and everything, she didn't feel natural delivering the lines at all. It felt like mm-hmm. I'm, I like, she felt like all actors in LA should watch this episode and learn what not to do on a self-tape. <laughs> all of this commercial shoot felt like a self-tape in agony. And Naima was the one of, was t- tied with Kenya with the worst as far as line delivery. I was like, it is so forced. Yes, yes. It is very much so the like rhythm of it that has this like presentational kind of like sing-songy quality where you're mm. all like, just talk natural. Yeah. Talk to <laughs> and I think they even said that to, I think Jay or someone said that specifically, like, you're just talking to your friends. Just talk to us. Yeah. Uh, um, I think that. But yeah, again, her hair makes me so mad. She just looks like a character on the Rugrats. Like, I can't take it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, after talking with Kenya, she did say that they retouched the hell out of all these photos. And looking at this, I definitely can. Um, I can see that. Yeah, I can see that in all of them. I, yeah, I don't know what this hairstyle is supposed to even be. It's neither here nor there. It's, um, you know, and I just feel like it's another one of those situations where uh, you have hairstylists that really need to know what to do with black hair. Because, um, baby, the the edges, they're mm-hmm. not pressed, Mm-hmm. They did not have a hot comb and they needed one. They needed one because they need to get close to those roots mm. to press those out fiercely if they're going to try and do a little slick back. You know, whatever the, that is. The shameful thing about this is, is this is post Oprah and Oprah vocally was very loud about how she had to get specific. She kind of revolutionized lighting for black people in television, but makeup mm-hmm. and all that, because when she started, she was in all these studios that have been designed by white people. and was like, why do I look so awful? And then you look at her literal color scheme over the years and she uh-huh. does look better and better or more mm-hmm. natural. And they did not have that budget. UPN. <laughs> you know, hey, they were working through some things. Um, I also really do not enjoy the the, the editing that they did on her eye color. And it's like mm-hmm. such a weird red brown, and I'm like, oh, well, it's they, like her eyes aren't that color. They did it to Kaylin too, like her blue. I well, know. Let's, yeah, let's talk about that because her face, like Tyra says, it doesn't look like a cover, like a cosmetic ad because they retouched all the makeup off of her face. It is like. 
I think so. Naima's picture, her photo outside of the co- uh, of the commercial, her photo I think is more of like an oil of Olay ad. So yes. still usable, <laughs> but very Isabella Rossellini, nineteen ninety five. Top model facts. <laughs> and I am ashamed that I thought Kaylin's photo was my favorite, except for her demon eyes. And in the commercial, she was so natural. Maybe mm-hmm. because she's kind of not that smart, and maybe that's what's translating. Um, but she is my favorite because I think Kaylin is not the type to really um, project too much whereas like you know you're getting kind of like an over projection from Um. Kenya and Naima just for her to feel like she's projecting Mm -hmm. it felt natural for anybody watching you're like oh she looks comfortable when I'm sure for (laughs) Kaylin she was like really trying to push through yes and I this this photo there's so much tension in that upper lip Mm. um like it's it's gone um a a lot of gums are happening there and like look that happens to all of us because here's the thing she's being hit with a fan right Mm -hmm. so if you're smiling (laughs) after a certain point your gums are going to get dry and your lip will get stuck up there yep so (laughs) they should have been looking out better for kaylin if you're really trying to like get a cover girl ad out of this like the support should have been there. And well, I feel like this photo is a result of that. Well, the Marilyn Manson eyes, uh, like, force, <laughs> like, immediately translate into demon mouth. So that's where the, mm-hmm. the gums and, and the teeth from Oklahoma really betray her. Because they really hit up this sharpness on her eyes. But the thing is, she has hair that swooped in front of it right so that's actually like in the foreground so for the eyes behind it to be sharper it makes them look a little bit weird well the proportion is like there's a lot of her decolletage in it right and it makes uh her chin look very sharp she's very sharpy sharp but again for some reason this was my favorite out of the photos uh if she had like a normal eye color if she didn't look like uh storm yeah, and maybe if the smile was just a little bit more relaxed, you know? <laughs> I mean, they took the eye color out of Kenya's eye. She just has big pupils. Like, it's just black. <laughs> yeah, they really did. They just said, um, these eyes are dark. Um, well, let's move on to Kenya. Kenya was oh. like, girl, they retouched the hell out of my hairline. She said, that's not my hairline. Yeah. And How far back said, did they move? <laughs> I feel like they were just like, they didn't, okay, because as like what I was speaking about with uh, Naima, I feel like they didn't have a hot comb to press mm. down those edges and get them nice and swooped. She probably had some little baby hairs that they didn't think about gelling down. So they were probably like a little bit like fuzzy and they're like, we're just going to blend it and make it all look like that's just like her forehead mm-hmm. I feel like Tyra had a hand in this it was like she's gonna need more forehead <laughs> <laughs> I think they put some of Tyra's actual forehead in the top part right yes they just said let's copy paste real quick also not to body shame anybody but are those her real ears because they're tiny how did no one say anything about her ears not to body shame <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is actually a really good question. Like, they need an earring or something. They need something. They're very... Right, just a little bobble. Yeah. yeah well, not and, a, a big bobble. Those a are big tiny. bobble. <laughs> <laughs> like a Christmas oh, ornament. Yeah, and it, it definitely feels like they've retouched a lot of Kenya's makeup out. Like, I, I, it almost looks like they almost retouched out her lashes. Well, I, I don't like... Yeah, she has no eyes. But I don't like any of the color schemes in all of this because it just has, like 
pamphlet for joining nursing school or like <laughs> waiting, waiting in your dentist lobby. Do you know what I mean? Like these are your nurses that will be I, like. I just love that. I feel like when they went to South Africa, the creative <laughs> for these shoots were like South Africa means brown. So wait, did we have to talk about when they are when the judges are at the table? Did you notice the South African motif of like, oh, oh, yeah. it's like spears and masks and like <laughs> you know what? Yes, okay. Let's take a quick break. Uh, but when we come back, we're gonna get more into the top model South African <laughs> shenanigans. We'll be right back. are back and we are chatting with daniel about the final episode of top model cycle four okay so we are just down to our final two and these models are going to walk in one of the coolest runway shows the girls get to do in top model ever in my opinion so now we know after watching the cycle that caitlin had the best runway walk probably of the whole cycle so we knew Naima had a lot to prove. So the models meet with Mr. J to find out their runway challenge. The girls find out that they will be walking through water and feature three different South African designers, Gavin Raja, Poison Ivy, and Ruby. These all sound like drag queen names. I love it. I was going to say they sound like bat name, Batman. <laughs> oh, right. That too. <laughs> Is it Poison Ivy? Uh, Poison Jeez, Ivy. Woman. Wasn't it uh, Emma uh, Uma Thurman? Yes. I think. Uma Thurman. There was this there was this point in time where there was rumors that Rihanna was going to be uh, playing her in an upcoming mm. Batman film. That still could be possible, but I would really, really was she, love that. I would love that. I would love Rihanna. As a, she would be a great Catwoman, too. I know that Catwoman's been done a hundred times, but she'd be great. You want to know what? I... <laughs> And I could just be making this up because sometimes I just be having dreams and think that they're reality. But I, a while ago, had said that I thought Zoe Kravitz would make a great Catwoman. That's and I think great. I heard that she got cast as Catwoman. Look, I don't know if that, let me check. Shay manifested uh, it. I love that. I'll Google that. that. I'll Google it while you guys top model talk. Right. You know, like, because sometimes I do be <laughs> manifesting things. Zoe Kravitz? Things. Yes. <gasps> Um, I also did, I just, on the subject of manifesting, before we get back into the top model, I did manifest when I was like uh, nine years old, uh, Brandy and Monica's The Boy Is Mine. I manifested that that they would have a duet together and that happened. So I I just want to let you know. I believe that. That's what I'd be out here doing. How long is that song? Kravitz is uh, Catwoman. See, that's told you two manifestations in a life. Look at that shit. <laughs> Block. Not only were they manifestations, but they're blockbusters. All right, I like <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay, so look, we know, and I feel like what what is this like? Episode number 55 of this podcast. I think probably 25 of them I've mentioned how much I love this finale runway. So I'm so excited that we literally get to talk about it now. Um, Because we had Joel Kim Booster on the show. And he was talking about how Top Model came into his consciousness. Because we uh, were in madrigals together and we were doing like this madrigal dinner 
and we had a rehearsal and I was so upset that I was missing this episode of Top Model, like so upset when stop talking about it. And he's like, that's when I first heard about Top Model because you were upset about this runway show. So hilarious. Why? Why were you so what was your attraction to it at that moment? You wanted to see it so bad. Because I remember just seeing the previews and it was just like these girls are walking in water. And I remember just like that to me that that kind of like production that kind of fantasy of like being this like godlike deity supermodel who's like mm. walking on water to me felt like the fiercest mm. thing that anybody could possibly do i will say verse i think it's versace this last their last spring show it's from this year and i think it's versace where they have all the models being rowed around in gondolas maybe it's dolce and gabbana where they're That's like giving me very Dolce and Gabbana. I think it tease. is. It, yeah, but the models are on these wobbly boats. I was like, "That's so mean." <laughs> That's not nice. Tyra's creative directing. Well, to me, I thought they were making them walk on water, obviously to trip them up and give them a like something really fucked up to do. Uh, well, I remember, you know, they were like, "Hey, just so y'all know, there's rubber on this runway, so it's not going to be as slippery." You know, as you think, you know, so it gives them a little bit because I'm sure they were like, we ain't trying to get no lawsuits and kill any models while we're here. And also flash forward 10 or 15 years, whenever Beyonce did it at the fucking Grammys or whatever. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, nobody gives Tyra the credit. (laughs) No, people don't be out here giving Tyra the credit she deserves. Who was smashing in water first? Um, Okay, so about these performances, though, on this runway show, who do you guys think smashed it? Well, honestly, I'm sorry, I have to correct it historically really fast before I interrupt you. Uh, whoever was smashing water first was Wilson Phillips. So I don't want to get red for not getting the history right. But Okay, so are we just going to leave Jesus out of the equation? Well, that was smoke and mirrors. I haven't seen what? proof of that. <laughs> and Wilson Phillips is on tape, okay? I can show you Wilson What Phillips. about TLC? They're later. I don't understand time. It's a construct. Don't <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so but, uh, your question was who did the best in the in the <laughs> yes, yeah? Who, did. who do you think, Jesus or Naima? Did you see? Okay, I can't get over <laughs> Kaylin's <laughs> arm. Can we talk about Kaylin's uh, left arm or whatever? She's swinging it like a Her- grandfather clock. It, the, yeah, I feel like that's where all of the um, anxiety went. It's just like <laughs> pulled into like just like a lead arm that was just like weighing her down the entire time. Like, she you know, I'm really like choked at the finale, like in the mm-hmm. final assignment. Mm-hmm. She looked scared. Like, she didn't look fierce. She looked scared. And that arm, you know, like on Extreme Home Makeover, or something where they smash the house out before they make it over. Her arm <laughs> looked like that hammer they smashed the wall through. Ty Pennington like, needs to call Kate. <laughs> she could have taken out a, a, a half wall. Uh, I just think her look. Honestly, honestly, but also speaking of Ty and their relation to Top Model, mm-hmm. because um, Joni, finalist on season six, <laughs> is a carpenter on the new Trading Spaces on TLC. Top Model Facts. Really? Yes, well, she is. I'll bring it full circle in that uh-huh. I live at Hollywood and Western and there is a G&T uh, meth freak that looks just like Ty Pennington. <laughs> <laughs> that is always at the Dixie Hotel. <laughs> just thought, I'm, I'm not, uh, allegedly, I'm just putting it out there. Just putting it out there. You know, we and, all have our doppelgangers. <laughs> some of them are on Grindr. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, okay, so... 
I okay for me me personally obviously I feel like it was uh our girl Naima who crushed it she was giving she was you know she was walking like she was walking at the ball you know like yeah. she girl she channeled the stress in the right way whereas Kaylin channeled it all in her arm yes. <laughs> well, yeah I thought Naima looked like she was like she was walking on the water like she wasn't worried about the water bill. Like she was just like slamming. <laughs> She's like, I'm paying for this. <laughs> I'm not paying for this. I'm going to use it. <laughs> I do think just because the context of the show, she looked like she wanted it just a little too much. But a vampire uh-huh. like Tyra and all those people want to see shit like that. Like they want to oh, see yeah. you want it and so, you know but uh-huh. she she has that like angular body posture that's like fit for a runway walk yeah because uh. she's a dancer and she knew mm. how to like glide she knew how to use that water like and, yeah. and, and propel herself in a way and like splash it in a way that was like so impactful and cool and then and then you know at the end she gives you that one fierce full pivot where she like kind of comes around this very naomi campbell way and like looks over her shoulder and i was just all like at that point that's what i was like okay it's over well and to every be, other girl and, and to be like i guess a model is about to like making the clothes look good and i was never looking at the clothes on caitlin like not once i was always like what are what are her twitchy eyes gonna do like, <laughs> <laughs> like that's right and and fucking naomi uh, naomi, naomi uh, has like a great like the clothes look like part of her body like she's yeah. really like working it and stuff um and the oh. hair, actually, you know, the styling for, for those mohawk moments really did mm-hmm. work for Naima's hair where she already was, you know. Both hairstyles so. were so Juicy Couture era, though. It was that, like, <laughs> it was like uh, when, you know, Paris Hilton was showing us all nothing but midriff those days. Like, ter- dress, ter- those dresses were very like Paris Hilton that time. Like, if anybody mm-hmm. made the mistake of letting Tara read on a red carpet, that's what it would have looked like. <laughs> or their Plus a little nip out. slip, yeah. <laughs> Just a full nip slip. I recently showed Julian that video for the first time. He had never seen that before. And I was like... Wow. I know. I was like, how did you miss the, the nipple scene around the world? Yeah, and thought... I'm like, I wonder if, like, the nip slip happened... And, like, she didn't notice because, like, she had had them augmented and it, like, lost sensitivity <laughs> in her nipples. Because you know what I'm saying? I feel like if something passed by your nipple like that, you'd feel it, right? There's no, I mean, I think that is what happened. I mean, it's she, just she like, was standing there with her breast out with no idea. Couldn't feel the breeze. Couldn't, couldn't feel it. Couldn't feel it. It's like yeah. her nipple had a stroke and it can't feel uh-huh. anything anymore. <laughs> Yeah, that nipple had a something. I'm so you sorry, Terry. Like... We can't. T- I don't want to shame that, but yeah, that was an era of plastic surgery. Yeah, I was. Oh my goodness. Okay, well, well, listen. Let's let's get into the judges' critiques on their runway performance, shall we? Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? I feel like before we uh, critique the judges, we should maybe critique um, the judging room um, and the the South African. Uh, decor of it all. Um, it was appropriative as fuck. <laughs> you know, I just because we were talking about this previously because they had uh, the caress photo shoot in which the storyline was they were 1940s um, socialites 
at a ostrich farm <laughs> caught up in a tribal dance with locals. So two thirds of who were white. Yes. Um, and uh uh like traditional garb dancing over a basket of caress. When we went to South Africa in 1988, during apartheid, we went to an ostrich farm. Was it glamorous? Wow. Did you feel like dancing? Was there caress body wash? So many questions. I'm just in reinforcing Shay's utter disbelief <laughs> at the Anglo-appropriative nature of someone's interpretation of South Africa. <laughs> okay, but while you were at this ostrich farm, was mm-hmm. there dancing? I mean, no, they had people ride the ostriches and race them. And then we, yes. So there's oh my an, God. There's oh no. animal abuse, animal abuse. They pull on their necks and like pull their wings to direct them. Yes. This was, no. Oh my God. And then, yes. And then you tip the, tip the riders, right? Uh, and then you'd pose for photos. I sat on the ostrich and they put a bag over its head because ostriches are like, well, they're like Janice Dickinson. If you put a bag over its head, it doesn't. It goes to sleep. So, <laughs> you put a bag on an ostrich head, and then you can sit on it and take a photo. Uh, and so there's a picture, and then you can stand on ostrich eggs, which are huge, uh, and they don't break. And so, wow, that's so, you, so wild. They're just they really just said we are going to take these people. We're going to put a hood over you. It's mm-hmm. like okay, because here's the thing too. I hear I've I've heard before that ostriches from like a, a science teacher. They're also like they're very strong, and if they really like want to peck you, that they mm-hmm. can really fuck you up and kill you. Like that's it, just how strong they are. Yes. So I understand the hood situation because you're like <laughs> sitting on it. But also when I think about this family memory, like why would I want to be on an ostrich that looks like they have been kidnapped? It's <laughs> you know <laughs> it's totally like they pull, well I mean they did pull the ostrich out of the trunk of a car and they did pull <laughs> so it was and this feels like a bad celebrity meet and greet. Like, you know, the photos of Britney looking awkward next to people. Like, I'm uh-huh. just envisioning these ostriches with yes. bags over, like, cloth bags over their head and people just smiling awkwardly next to them. Like, all the all the Avril Lavigne meet and greet photos I've seen look <laughs> look like they were taken during COVID times. I'm like, why is everybody, why is everybody standing so far away from each other? Why does everybody look so sick? She was on to something. She was on. Look, she she's like, I'm already battling this Lyme disease. I don't need y'all's colds or whatever. <laughs> With your nasty back. germy hands, stay away step from me. Back. Um, so yes, okay, so back to our judging panel at the showroom of World Market. We find <laughs> the judges giving their opinions on the top models uh final runway performances. Um like, so you, can't, you cannot be in like South Africa and hang like a tribal mask on the judges' table. You can't do that. Right? Well, you can't not. <laughs> <laughs> they Sorry. said, we, Go they ahead. said we want Americans to know I where the see fuck the, we are. I want to see the receipt, and I want to know how much of it was World Market and Pier 1 Imports. I want to know. Well, I mean, they all had baguettes on the judges' table when they were in Paris. <laughs> Olive oil. It's Tuscany. Anyways, <laughs> go, go ahead. Um, so, okay, first up, let, let's talk about Naima, because Tyra said that Naima scared her, but in a good way, and that she was flawless and very Versace, which 
you know, we all know that Versace is a sensitive subject for Tyra. So I feel like that is um, a good compliment to get if she's uh, referring to it in a positive light. Mm. Uh, did you hear? I also, uh, Janice one upped her later when she said she was Versace's muse. <laughs> she did say that later and she dropped a bunch of other people who I was their muse, I was Versace's muse, I was everybody muse. Uh, which wow. I, she, I think she has amusing and a muse confused because <laughs> I am sure a lot of those people were amused, amused. by Janice Dickinson, but not quite sure she was a muse. Well, I think Tyra's reaction to uh, was more performative and bigger than with Kaylin during the actual runway walk. Mm-hmm. Uh, like every time she did something like with her shoulders, you saw a lot of Tyra being like, yes, girl. Um, I feel like that's very Tyra because Tyra is that type of runway girl too. She likes to give a little. Mm, mm, mm. I'm sorry, that's back to that <laughs> intensity. She is rescue yes. 911 all the time. <laughs> but also I, uh, has like she has that uh kind of that angry bartender we've all over tipped because we want to get on their good side personally yeah like mm-hmm. that kind of like angerness um i love I, those bartenders but the compliments coming when it's a real compliment coming from tyra because the only compliment she had for kaylin was she goes kaylin has something special she's an edgy blonde-haired blue-eyed girl <laughs> that's not a compliment that's like saying you're pure vanilla I mean, I don't know. The, out of the five words she used to compliment, so like, you yeah, of the, so you're saying when you say pure vanilla, you mean like of the vanilla, like if you you could like you you're flammable. Yes. <laughs> just like the. I, I just learned that. I just learned that. So I felt like sharing that knowledge about you know how to clock whether vanilla is real or not. Top model facts. Oh, I'm gonna start I, yeah. burning my vanilla when I'm baking. Yeah, you better I, put it in a shot glass and light it on fire. And if that shit does not light on fire, then you did not get pure vanilla and you need to go back to the store and be like stop lying i feel like that also works for fentanyl if anybody's worried that their <laughs> ecstasy is laced you just light it on fire and if it doesn't light you go back to your drug dealer and tell them it's fentanyl okay good to know keeping you safe mm-hmm. thank right. you so much thank <laughs> you um Okay, so as we know, the judges critiqued the final runway and some of the girls' best photos from the cycle. So let's take a trip down memory lane and talk about some of these fantastic photos throughout the cycle. First, we have the alien photo shoot on the Warner Brothers lot shot by noted fashion photographer Nigel Barker. Do we think it's creepier that he's straight? Is he a creep because he's straight? Yeah, or, or am I just mad because he's, I can't have him? Uh, maybe a also bit of those, both. Th- both of those things can exist. You know, it's like yes, I you think... can think he's a creep and still want to sleep with him. They can coexist. I think. Okay, I think I... the reason why we probably find him a little bit creepy is because he gives kind of like Billy Zane and Titanic vibes, like bald and British. Mm-hmm. And Who's you're just the... like, he's probably going to plant a diamond in my safe to frame <laughs> the fuckboy that's been drawing my nudes. He gives me Santino vibes big time. Like, he's the... of the he's Anti-vaxxer. The, yeah, totally. <laughs> he's the heteronormative anti-vaxxer of the show. 
Um, I think, I but to the photos of this, I think they betrayed the to the girls and the models because it, unless you're Jessica Simpson or Angeline, posing next to a car makes you look stupid. Like it's so dumb. <laughs> posing by a vehicle, it just looks dumb. Also, they just look like a Gen Z interpretation of David Bowie. Like I can't take it. Yeah, it's um, the styling is wrong. It's yeah. just flat out wrong. Um, and the like lighting it, didn't do any justice for the hair and makeup, which was so fabulous. <laughs> we talked about that a bit with Kenya, but we it was so wrong. I feel like we fall into this a lot with Nigel Barker photography. It always goes very, very dark. I'm not sure what the settings are on his camera, but <laughs> it's like they will be shooting at high noon and the photos always look like they were shooting at 11 p.m. And well, yeah, I just like... Their faces don't look like featured at all. Like it, 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 it's le- the one where she's on the back of the car. All you see are those tights. Like all I see oh, is God, those tights. Awful. And they're awful. They, they look tights. like bugs. It looks like Dr. Mario or future COVID bugs. Like they and look- even the buyer so- of Hot Topic would not buy those. They are <laughs> not cute. Baby, first of all, like they don't like they don't match up in that mm-hmm. like inseam that's like running through, and then mm-hmm. like. Down on her left leg near the bottom, it looks like one of them is just fully missing. Yeah. Like as if like there is just like a missing bug in the pattern. Like I right. just don't There's a big gap. Well, and her face is driving me crazy because you can't see half of it. And the other half is like a bad Bowie paint. I can't take that. But what I will say is she is really pointing that damn toe, like in the heels <laughs> on the car. Like she is still pointing that toe. The and trunk I, is this way. Hello. <laughs> and I uh, give her props for that because that's always something that I look for. I will. Okay. What? Okay. Can we qualify these earrings? How do we define them? What are we calling those? The the feathery shaped kind of. Are they triangular? Um, we could just uh, call them cheap. Okay. So there's a, this is gonna such a side tangent, but not to bring it down. But there's a CNN correspondent who's been in the on the set for the recent uh, Alec Baldwin guns tragedy, blah, blah, blah. But this CNN bitch who's been on the desert reporting for a week has invested in these long shoulder link, like feather native, a <laughs> kind of Indian motif earrings. She said, I'm in where, cause where are they filming at New Mexico? Yeah, exactly. Or, right. Yeah. She's like, I'm yeah. in New Mexico now. Yeah. She stopped at the Navajo nation and picked up like <laughs> a different color earring for one for every day of the week. And so that's what this bitch is ultimately giving me is like Navajo culturally appropriative getting hauled off to jail because she stole someone else's culture. Work. (laughs) All right, let's move on. Next up, we have the 1-800-Flowers photo shoot, which they did up at the uh, planetarium. Uh, Griffith Observatory. Yeah, that's that's what I said. Isn't that the same thing? Yes, yes, you um, did. Uh, yes, yes. I you can know. look at planets up there, right? Well, both it's of y'all, both of y'all said the same thing. I was the ultimate brag by saying I live by it. <laughs> I mean, I can see it from my window, so I can I see it from my window. I can so see it from Google Maps. Y'all ain't special. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck. <laughs> I well, what do you think this. of these photos? Do you think they're fabulous or no? The dogs are the real models. Let's be honest. <laughs> I actually really like Naima's. I, um, the only, my only critique is I wish that her left toe wasn't pointed inward mm-hmm. so much. Mm-hmm. I do love the awkward stance of it. Um, yeah, it's cute for me. I want her head to be superimposed over to the left, like a, a centimeter. 
and then everything else is perfect. See, I like how her little head is like giving you a like wet. Yeah, it's very no because her blouse is so crooked. It's get and her foot. You also <laughs> it's giving me very much like Meryl Streep. Death becomes her. I just fell down the stairs. She's giving yeah. broken doll, but like a little too broken. Like more like mm. chewed on by the dog. Not like it's broken giving by you a Cynthia from Rugrats broken but doll. That top I will take all day though. Those big old buttons, like mm-hmm. I love that. But of course, let's all do, the elephant shitting in the in the living room is hunky dory in the background. Like who is he? Who's hunky dory? Oh, that handsome man in the background. Mm-hmm. He's so handsome. Our friend Tony Soto said that they were not modeling well enough for him. Yeah. That the disappointed look on his face. <laughs> is that what, what is that said. what she meant? I I believe anything Tony Soto says. Oh, I'm wearing Tony Soto. Oh, work! <laughs> Learn that. the words, beach. Learn the words. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. Who is the blue-eyed dog? The blue-eyed look. She's the she's the real star. Okay, let's go over just one more photo. Okay, I want to go over there. Um, Animals in South Africa, Luberderm, shoot <laughs> on the crocodile. Um, have you ever worked with animals before in any pro- professional setting, Daniel? Um, only some straight male comedians that I will not name. Uh, <laughs> other than that, no, it's actually in my contract. I don't work with animals, children, or straight people. That's a good that's a, you have a good manager if he's writing that contract. I'm, you know why? I'm unwrapped. You have to self-represent yourself. That's the way. That's how you get shit done. That's how you do it. That's how you do it, bitch. Um, how do we feel about our top two girls in I this mean, photo? I think they're hot if you're like a MAGA insurrectionist about to storm the Capitol. <laughs> shit. <laughs> That's what this shit looks like. She's also I. Kaylin's but, definitely giving that vibe that uh but if that were the brief she nailed it she, you know yeah. naima kills it although i hate the glare on the actual lubriderm bottle so it actually it looks like a hidden valley ranch bottle because <laughs> <laughs> i can't see the actual lip. But, she, but she looks like she chitara from um thundercats and i love it yeah she is Giving very uh, Chitara vibes. Yeah. Uh, Kaylin looks like she's about to shit on that alligator. (laughs) (laughs) And she's just holding on for support. She's like, look. She's like, get me out of here. She's like, I just drank this entire bottle of Luberderm and I'm about to shit all over the place. (laughs) What animal in the animal kingdom would you be, Daniel? Oh, you had to do this. Hippopotamus. No question. I would be oh, like, yeah. why hippo? Because you get to, you don't have to give a fuck about your weight. You get to hang out in the pool all day and nobody <laughs> fucks with you because you can bite them in half and everybody knows it. Hippo all the way. Jay, what animal would you be? Um, I'd be a whale. Mm, what kind of whale? Um, Whatever whale Beyonce is. <laughs> a narwhal. A narwhal. Very Absolutely. rare. How about you, Maxwell? Oh, gosh. What animal would I want to portray in this photo shoot? I mean, probably a llama. Ooh. Like an alpaca or a llama. They have Love really a great llama. fur. And they, mm-hmm. everybody just loves them. Great sense of humor, too. Absolutely. Llamas <laughs> are hilarious. Well, you have to. Look at them. <laughs> Their teeth. Are those Oklahoma teeth? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, look, as we know, 
Uh, Naima was crowned the winner of cycle four. Um, and it was the end of another fabulous cycle of America's Next Top Model. So let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to chat with Daniel about all the fun things that he's got going on. We'll be right back. Welcome back. We are here with Daniel Webb. Now, Daniel, we met before, and you are a very funny comic out in Los Angeles. Thank you. Tell us how you wound up in sunny L.A. doing comedy. I uh, wound up in beautiful East Hollywood uh, doing stand-up comedy. Uh, I started in Austin, Texas. I was, I'm a musician. I play uh, piano. Uh, and I was in a bunch of bands that failed miserably. Uh, and so I thought there was nothing more humiliating than starting a new band than stand-up comedy. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, so I started stand-up and somehow tricked a bunch of people into thinking I was good at it or funny. Uh, and then moved out here to pursue uh, bigger heights at, and, and bigger stages to humiliate myself on night after night. Now, okay, well, you are honestly extremely laugh out loud funny. So, I mean, you are being very, very sweet now and and humble about your comedic skills. But I feel like what you had to have known that you were somewhat entertaining and could uh, garner a laugh if you were willing to go from being a musician to something as difficult as a stand up comedian. Um. Well, I had a couple sassy gay friends. I know we all do uh, in, <laughs> uh, in Austin, Texas, who also did stand up and they told me I should do stand up. And because I was like, wow, uh, the most cannibalistic people are gay men and the most competitive people are comedians. And here is a gay male comedian inviting me into the circle and giving me encouragement. <laughs> so I thought those two uh contradictions uh, didn't defeat the person from trying to be honest which i thought was very believable so yes yeah daniel webb said i hear two no's and say hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think too it's really helpful to have just somebody else be like hey uh, I feel like you could do this um, because we've had uh, previous contestants from Top Model on here being like, yeah, I wouldn't have done this unless, you know, my boyfriend or my friend or like my mom were like, you should do this. And it was the same thing with me and drag because I hadn't really thought about it until a friend was like, you know, you should really try doing drag. And I was like, girl, say what? Mm-hmm. And isn't that weird? I find it like most of my comedian heroes stumble into it or didn't. It was never plan A, whereas mm-hmm. like musicians and stuff there's such an ego with that where people you know playing at home you're like well i'm so damn good at this it's time to show people like that's Mm -hmm. that's more fucked up to me than (laughs) like i have funny things to say or i can fucking show a look and turn a room around based on my presentation you know what i mean Mm -hmm. uh but yeah i i other than that if i moved to la to be a musician in my 20s i'd be dead Fun. I feel like comedians and musicians have very similar lifestyles. So it's glad that you took comedy and you're still alive. From Bitch, I, yeah. And I don't have to move anything. I have a Fender Rose from 1974 that weighs a fucking thousand pounds and I don't have to move it anymore. So, you know, we're saving this body. So what I, I so what I heard from that statement is that if you were in your 20s and you decided to follow through 
music and moved to LA instead that you wouldn't have been lighting your ecstasy on fire to test it for fentanyl? I would have just snorted it. Have you ever snorted ecstasy, which listeners never do? But... <laughs> <laughs> no, I have not. Can you? So how how did that how did that go for you? Well, I was I was a naive uh, in my late teens, eighteen or nineteen. Mm-hmm. It burns, but this hot dude. He was so hot. He was like, let's snort it. I was like, okay. And I did, (laughs) you know, which we've all done. I did what the hot dude did, which we, you know, all know leads to trouble. Uh Mm Uh-huh. Don't listen to hot people. They're not smart. Except for me. Yeah, well, except for us, top model experts. Fact only here. Hello, that's why why we have the microphone. Hello. (laughs) Exactly. And that guy is literally a theater teacher. (gasps) (laughs) Wow. Um, uh-huh. Anyway, but yes, that was a uh, hot theater. Te- well, is he still hot? Yeah, he is actually pretty hot. Yeah, real hot. Okay, you know what? Uh-huh. Honestly, he's doing the Lord's work because there's so many um, young queer theater kids out there that need a hot teacher mm-hmm. to fantasize about. So. I know someone's yes. got to convert them. Someone has to convert them. Otherwise, we're... <laughs> yeah, someone has to let them know that they can grow up and be hot and regionally I, successful. When I look back, though, at all the teachers I thought were hot and I fantasize about, they are ugly. Like, none of them are hot. Like, they're all... I didn't have a single oh. hot teacher. I didn't have no. not one hot teacher. There was not a single no. oh, I, teacher. No. There's I had a- one in high school, and he definitely gives white bro energy now. So I'm like, it's funny just to be like, wow, I really didn't pay attention in English class for that. It sucks because I know we all know that like toxic masculinity is also hot, which sucks. But, you know, <laughs> if we didn't like toxic masculinity, then we wouldn't like Tyra Banks. Top model facts. Um, okay, so what's the correlation yeah, between... Can we unpack this, two? please? Yeah, let's, you know, she's a She's a vestibule for toxic masculinity. We're, we're, we have Janet, Janet Sixick calling her fat, and then the poor Kenya says thing, I'll be back unless I get fatter, and that they put that on television. Like, I think that Tyra reinforces a lot of the stereotypes that go into, like, we all have it. Like, look at Mask for Mask and the way that gay guys are all blown up these days, and now if you're, like, not rich your femme and femme is bad right i mean i don't know i look i don't know what kind of comedians you're hanging out with <laughs> but you need to tell them to stop it with that stinking thinking because i mean <laughs> obviously i hang around with a lot of like femme queens so obviously like in the environment and circumstances that i'm in like femininity mm. is what is so heavily celebrated and masculinity is always like so like poo poo ill girl what oh i think in in la gay land i think in like hookup world oh yeah that's so great come to chicago they'll just eat you up oh they oh yeah i mean they like would. Absolutely. I am like, in the wrong town. I, oh yeah. my God. In the Midwest, they said we like them thick and film. <laughs> the joke that's really been landing lately for me in LA is when I'm talking about having to hook up. I go, because nobody wants to fuck an enchanted scarecrow. And everybody, <laughs> everybody really laughs real hard at that joke. <laughs> also, to piggyback off what you said about Tyra being so hateful to the girls, she doesn't want to edit the show. But two, she also, I watched this really beautiful apology video she did, and she said, That like one of her biggest regrets was she's like, there's a long list, but she was like, at the beginning of the seasons, I used to take people's weight. 
She was like, what the hell was wrong with me? She was like, why would I do that? And why mm -hmm. did I do that? She's like, and of course I was playing a casting, you know, a person in this fashion industry, which doesn't make it right, but mm -hmm. it's a great well, apology video. And she said she's willing to apologize any and every time somebody asks her about it. So I love the, of course, the Tyra talk show uh, with Naomi. Like that's where they have the non-apology apology conversation. Um, yes. You know what? I feel like Naomi did give her a real she apology. She did. I feel like what... <clears throat> Naomi had to do was because in that interview it's like Tyra's just kind of like accusing her of a lot of things yes. and like Naomi's basically letting her know okay well this was a misunderstanding for this reason this was a misunderstanding for that reason mm -hmm. that's not something that I would do or say I know myself better than that mm -hmm. and like you know Tyra was feeling really defeated but then they came back and you could tell Naomi who had been going through therapy who had been doing her own work and like learning about accountability just said hey in any way, like honestly, in any way that I've ever hurt you or affected you negatively, I apologize for that. Like she took accountability for whatever she she may have done. But she's like, look, girl, I'm not going to admit to that crazy shit. But whatever I did do that hurt you. Mm. I'm sorry, boo. And I hope that you can find healing and move on. Because she's like, <laughs> I already have. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> I mean, have we all seen Na during pandemic Naomi Campbell really lit up her YouTube channel? So <laughs> yes. brilliant. I watched have, some of those. Have we seen Naomi Campbell? Naomi Campbell clean her airplane seat. Have we all yes, watched? Absolutely. I was it wearing is. masks on flights because I saw her do it. I was doing it like a whole year before the pandemic. Not trying to is. act like a trendsetter. Naomi was a trendsetter. No, I, I mean just suit. own just own the 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 settiness of your the trends that you, I I was trying to precise. <laughs> I knew what you meant. I knew what you <laughs> just own the trends that you set. But what my... about Naomi Campbell's cribs episode of her house in Jamaica? Oh my God, it's insane. I, I still think about that episode. She was so great. Yes, I love I love a humble brag. One of my favorite things is rich people showing you through their house and pretending to be humble about how rich their big ass <laughs> house is. One of my favorite fucking things. I she has, it. doesn't she have a house that's like, it's like in three segments and the whole house is outdoors, right? And there's like two pools or three. Is that the mm -hmm. house? Mm -hmm. Yeah, everything's white. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want that kind of life. And it's on like a compound with like a gate. It looks like somewhere where they'd find like Osama bin Laden hiding. Oh, well, hey. Yeah. Like I a mean, compound. If, you, if you're going, look, <laughs> compounds are nice, except for um, when you want, look, because I always think whenever I'm staying someplace, whether it's a hotel, whether it's an Airbnb, what, what have you, whenever I go in, I'm always like, where is the escape route? Yes. Always. I always think about that. I'm like, mm -hmm. if, if 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 shit goes down, Gotta get where's out. the escape route? And if I don't see one, if I can't map one out for myself, I get nervous. I really do I, get nervous. I was at a Bjork concert and the speaker caught on fire, which of course is cute when Bjork says it. She's like, our speaker caught on fire. But there, <laughs> <laughs> but there were 30,000 people there. And I was like, this is going to get real shitty real fucking fast. And you can see it, everybody in the crowd, like, looking around, like, where are, we, where are 30,000 people going to go? I was like, I'm going to jump on Bjork's back, and she's going to run my ass out of here if things go wrong. I'm always looking for the exit, emotionally, physically, environmentally. Yeah. <laughs> Get that escape shoot. Absolutely. You know, it's important to know because it saves you time in the long run, and it increases your chances of survival. Well, also, when the bill comes, it's real important to know the fastest way out. Ha, 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 ha.
Speaking of large venues, you're on tour with Margaret Cho right now, which is pretty fierce. How is that? Oh my God, it is a fantasy. It is fucking nuts. It is so amazing and uh, a major vote of confidence. Um, A lot of people have opened for uh, Margaret Cho, so I I don't feel singular in it, but uh, it is, if you should, I used to, I'm old, I'm an old fag. I used to record her on VHS in the 90s, right? And just rewatch it because mm-hmm. I thought I thought she was funny, right? It was I didn't want to be a stand-up or anything like that. So like we were in Philadelphia a couple weeks ago, just hanging out in the green room in between shows. And I was like, if you showed 1996 Daniel like a flash of just that like moment, I would just be like, I I would be like, what the fuck? I wouldn't know where to what how I got there mm-hmm. or, or what I was doing there. Um, but she is easily and always has been one of my favorite stand-up comedians. She's political and like relevant and she means a lot to so many different groups of people like gay Mm -hmm. men worship her, obviously like Asian Korean people, women love her, but like people stop her in the street and I'm, and want to tell her how much they love her. And I'm just like, I get it. Me too. Like I, I love her also. So I'm like pinching myself every fucking second because not only do I get to perform for huge crowds and beautiful theaters that love her. So I don't, I still have to earn it. Like I still have work to do, but they're, the audience is so excited. Uh, but also then I get to just sit down and watch one of my favorite comedians work. And so that is just nuts. So it's fucking, I feel I know it's temporary, but it's very lucky. And I love it, love it, love it, love it. Yes. And I mean, in addition to uh, being on tour with Margaret Cho, you're also a history-making gay. You were the first gay comic to headline a comedy show at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, Ho's Parade. Thank you. Um, Just tell us, what, what was that experience like for you? Um, it was weird, uh, because it was was during pandemic. So if anybody watches the special, we had to, it was COVID quarantine time. It was July of last Mm -hmm. year. So everyone's in their cars and no one can be, everybody has to be. So the audience is kind of not there. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was really fun. I felt a lot more flexibility with stuff to do. Like I brought in a piano because I play music. Uh, I sang really shitty songs about, uh, Donald Trump's ugly family. And uh, and and killing Mitch McConnell uh, by sitting on his face, by suffocating him with my asshole, <laughs> or spraying a load down his throat, like you know, I did things I would never do otherwise in my mm-hmm. like in my act. But I also felt, you know, for every uh, dipshit Texas son of a bitch football asshole high school jock that ever bullied me, I was like, I made it to the Rose Bowl first, fucker. Uh, and, <laughs> and I so did fierce. it. I did it through telling jokes about anal. Uh, so absolutely, as the good Lord intended. So that's why I love it. Expense of our terrible government leaders. Yes. So that's why I also <laughs> felt like it wasn't a rose parade. It was a hose parade. <laughs> now, uh, where can we watch this special? Um, the special, I think, now is streaming everywhere. I know you can see Amazon for free. So if you're paying for it, don't pay for it anymore. Yeah, you, you can get it on Amazon for free. But it's or on, you can pay for it. I mean, pay for it if you want to. Wait, can, are you getting a cut of that? Not, I think, at this level. So you can just Venmo okay, me and okay, tell yes. me you watched it and yes. let me know how much you loved it. Uh, but no, you can watch it on Amazon and all the other stuff, other streamings, it's everywhere. Or you can go to my website, thedanielweb.com, and there's links for it there. Oh my God, yes. Well, uh, Daniel, that is all the time that we have 
for today. Did you have fun hanging out with us, chatting about all things Top Model? Y'all are a blast. You know it. This is more fun than uh, <laughs> than an order of Maxwell's cookies. Oh. Mm. Hopefully we're going to get some favorite. holiday street treats soon. I'm into it. I have an apple doodle recipe that I'm really excited to pander on people because I really just want to offer people my doodle. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Daniel, can you please tell all the children at home listening where they can find you online? Uh, All of my handles, Instagram and such, are at the Daniel Webb. Sometimes there's an underscore. All my show dates into next year are uh, at my website, thedanielwebb.com. I'm on TikTok, but I never post. But follow me anyway. It's fun. (laughs) Yes, me too. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, if you guys have any top model facts or questions for Maxwell and me, our guests, or you just want to say hi, you can send us an email to beontoppod at gmail.com. Now remember to subscribe to Want to Be On Top wherever you listen and make sure to rate and review the show because it helps us grow. I'm Shea Coulee. And I'm Maxwell Esposito. And as always, the question remains, want to be on top? Want to be on top is not endorsed by America's Next Top Model or any other show's creators, producers, or distributors. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. America's Next Top Model and all names, pictures, audio, and video clips are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective trademark and or copyright holders. Want to be on top? Forever. To listen to Wanna Be On Top ad-free and Monday early, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Make sure to follow at Forever Dog Team and at Mom Podcasts on social and rate and review Wanna Be On Top five stars on Apple Podcasts. Yes, bitch, I said five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wanna be on top? It's produced by Forever Dog and Moguls of Media, aka Mom. Hosted by Shea Coulee. Produced by Maxwell Esposito. Editing and sound design by Will Pitts. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Big Dipper, Alaska Thunderfuck, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. 